I'm a bit too warm, which is weird. Yeah, I was quite warm. I had to take my T-shirt off in the night. Oh, wow. Think about that. (laughs) My name's Will. And my name's Steve. You haven't got time to read War and Peace. Even if it is one of the greatest novels of all time. 587,000 words. 612 grams. That's the weight of the book. 500 characters, 361 chapters, 3 volumes, 2 epilogues, and a collection of maps. We're going to summarise all of it for you. This is War and Peace in just 7 years. (laughs) Stephen? Hello? Hell Oh, <laughs> hello. Hell to the O to you, Will. Wickedy H woo. to the E to the L to the L to the O. <laughs> wow. Hello. Let's never do that again. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to you, Steve. Welcome to everyone to episode 38 of War and Peace in Just Seven Years. Take a seat. I'm excited for this week. I'm excited every week, but I'm even more excited to say, Steve, the podcast is in the top 10% of podcasts. Whoa. Wow. Thank you for listening. Thank you for pushing us into into the charts. Uh, yeah, keep on listening. We would love to thank both of your ears. Thank you, ears. <laughs> thank you. Thank you to all ears. Will. Yes? What happened last week? Ooh. <laughs> last week we were let in on quite the secret. Will there be peace? The naughty Austrians. Oh, who don't seem to care about anything other than the Austrians doing well. Very selfish, if you ask me. And we met Billabin, a new guy in town. He's very wrinkly, arguably looks like a human hand. Arguably. Arguably, he does. Our first real diplomatist. Such a diplomat. And boy, did he shock us with all this peace nonsense. And Austria, are they going to change sides? Or maybe we misunderstood that. It's it's, it's unclear. I can't wait. Let's go, Will. Let's go. Onwards. (laughs) The reading. Okay, so we're on chapter 11-ish. I've got 15 interesting facts about horses. Oh, okay. Got a couple of horses, haven't we, that we know about? We've got Darren, Rostov's horse, and we've got a new horse... Janet. Janet. Janet is Andy Pandy's horse, and Janet is currently missing in action. M.I.A. The Berlin cabinet cannot express a feeling of alliance. If Janet or Darren are tired, Steve, they might sleep standing up. Fair enough. Yeah, horses sleep standing up. Okay, that's right. That's good. Yeah. Oh, Don Juan, you serpent. They also sleep lying down. (laughs) Okay. Fascinating fact number one, eh? Wow. Demosthenes, I know thee by the pebble thou secretest in thy golden mouth. Are you reading the right book? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Everybody laughed. (laughs) (laughs) Is it interesting to say that horses are herbivores? Isn't that just common knowledge? (laughs) I mean, the idea of horses rampaging across the countryside. (laughs) Eating Killing animals, (laughs) eating humans and, I don't know, stray sheep and stuff like that we'd have known we'd have been told that wouldn't we no one not even bonaparte knows why to keep your horse happy it will need a preferably equine friend but only preferably could have any type of friend i've sometimes seen um horses and dogs hanging out actually steve this is going to blow your mind 
The original horse was the size of a golden retriever. Stop this jesting, Will. (laughs) (laughs) That's a quote, and I'm also saying it myself. The reading section is over. (laughs) I haven't finished my facts. No, you've piqued my interest. I do want to hear about this tiny horse, though. So so go on. Dog horse. (laughs) Diminutive hierocatherium. Mate, it's got wings. It's got wings. Why are they not mentioning that? Oh, it's amazing. Look at that. It looks like a kind of... Looks like a chicken. A giant chicken horse. Well, not that big. Anyway, all right. Yeah, I'll stop. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. Wow, wow, wow. we. <laughs> well, let's see if that becomes relevant in War and Peace. Steve, you've just read a little bit of book two of War and Peace. Firstly, congratulations. Well done. Thank you. Thank you. I would absolutely love to know all about it. So last week we had a bit of bit of Andy's life. We were with Andy. And now that continues. This this chapter is basically a day in the life of Andy Pandy. Oh, what a day I'm sure it will turn out to be. It's a little bit like one of those scripted reality shows like The Only Way is Essex or The Kardashians. The Only Way is Andy. The Kardashians. <laughs> All right then, mate. So it's the next day after he's had that wonderful dream at Billabin's house. Oh, such a dream. He's had a lovely little lion and he's woken up late. Oh, lazy Pandy. He's been dreaming, I assume, about what a wonderful war hero he is. Or perhaps about how he was murdered, but then kind of enjoyed it. He loves that stuff. Though, he so he's had a great night's sleep with some wonderful murder dreams like that. Yeah. It's the day that he's going to go and see the emperor, Emperor Francis. Oh, sounds like a good emperor. So he puts on, he's put on his best clothes, his full parade uniform. Despite his bandaged hand, he's looking fresh, he's looking animated, and he's looking handsome. Oh, amazing. His hand is all right, though, just to check, yeah? Hand's fine. It's bandaged. It's not mentioned again in the chapter. We don't know. Maybe it's going gangrenous. We don't know. We don't know, Will. What's under that bandage, Steve? We don't know. He's had such a long line that by the time he gets up, Billabin's house is filled, filled to the brim with Billabin's mates. They're young, wealthy, gay society men. They sound excellent. They're basically Billabin's gang. They've got a name for themselves. Oh, yes, they do. I'm already excited. It's a French name, obviously, because French is cool. They're called Les Notres, which means something like ours, the ours gang. Our lads, ours, our oh, lot. Oh, yeah, the lads. The, <laughs> the, the ours. The ours. The ours. The ours. Right, mate, I'm going to give you one guess. There's someone we already know who is in the gang. <gasps> Wowzers. Will I win some kind of point? I'll give you a thousand pounds. Excellent stuff. Well, now I care. I'm going to go with my gut straight off the top of my gut slash head. Dolokov. Oh, Dolokov's already in a gang. He's in a different gang there, not this one. Oh. Sorry, you owe me a thousand pounds. Oh, can I have now. another go? Yeah, I'll give you one more go, but the prize is only one pound now. Rostov. No. Oh. Sorry. Oh. But it is one of the, the major families. So the other person that's in the gang is none other than Prince Hippolyte Kurigin. <gasps> Hippo's back! He's back! Oh, fantastic. Do we get a description of how ugly he is? Well, you remind us, well, what is, um, what's Prince Hippolyte all about? Hippolyte is one of Vasily's children, Prince Vasily, uh, from book Kurigen, one. yeah. Yeah, Kurigen. He is quite the looker. Puckered little face, uh, quite a shocking man to look at. Tolstoy has not been kind to Hippolyte throughout the book. He's also got a sister who's really, really attractive, just to really rub it in. Well, it's interesting you should say that, Will. We'll, we'll see where that goes. Okay. Prince Hippolyte's there. He's in the R's gang. He is lolling in a lounge chair. Just 
laughing out loud. I don't think it's that. I don't think it's that. <laughs> I think he's. I think he's sort of melted into the chair. Sure. Bilibin is their leader. They're all basically diplomats. So diplomat. Evidently, the group had its own interests, which had nothing to do with war or politics, but related to high society, to certain women, and to the official side of the service. They just love drinking and talking about girls and being rich. Yeah, exactly. It's gossip. It's like hitting on women and like paperwork and stuff like that. They love it. Love a bit of paperwork and and a nice drink. Oh, yeah. So they sound a bit gross, this gang, but, you know, there they are. <laughs> they, sound, they sound a bit lame. I'm going to put it out there. The R's gang. So anyway, Andy Pandy comes in. He's wearing his incredible outfit. He looks amazing. They receive him, which is an honour, apparently. It's an honour they did not extend to many. Andy, please come inside to, the, to this room. <laughs> what an incredible honour. <laughs> you look absolutely brilliant. Have you polished your eyeballs? You look great. From such a group of horrible men. What an honour. <laughs> so of course of course there then proceeds to be a good bit of kind of war chat and gossip oh yeah god here's the lowdown on what's been going on some diplomat has been sent away to awful horrible london oh gross is he gonna be all right i don't think so it's a it's definitely a demotion apparently being sent to london awful place london poor him poor man and then there's hippolyte so he's been up to a few things here we go this is bilibin you, Bolkonsky, don't know, said Bilibin, turning to Prince Andrew, that all the atrocities of the French army are nothing compared to what this man has been doing amongst the women. Whoa, Hippolyte's <laughs> been chatting up the girls. Prince Hippolyte has transformed, so he, he turns around to this and he says, he quips, La femme est la compagne de l'homme. The women are my mates. Woman is man's companion, announced Prince Hippolyte, and began looking through a lorgnette at his elevated legs. He's always described it a weird way, this guy. Do you remember when he was creeping on Andy Pandy's wife? Yes, exactly, right. He's a creepo. He's not stopped. He's taken his creeping Europe wide. He's taken his creeping to the next level. He's gone international. He's creeping on the world stage now. (laughs) God bless him. So he makes this little quip. Everyone loves it. They laugh a lot. The yeah. whole R's gang, they're laughing. Oh, Hippo's a bloody legend. Look at him. Looks like a little pig boy. Right then, then Andy's like, this has been absolutely great, chaps. This has really. been the best, honestly, the best <laughs> couple of hours I've ever lived. What a great <laughs> I morning love I've it. had. I love this place. But I've got to go and see the emperor now. Got a dash. And then they give him some tips on, on how to see the emperor the best, how to get the most out of his time with the emperor. Do you want to have any guesses about the sort of th- bits of advice that might be useful to talk to the emperor? Sure. Never look him in the eyes, not once. Okay, don't look him in the eye. You need to bow further than you think you are physically able to. Ah, bow until you hurt your back. Uh, high five him only if he offers a high five. Okay, so you're you're bending down. Your your face is basically on your on your feet. Your hands up in the air. <laughs> your hands up in the air, but you're not. You're obviously not looking in the eyes. You shouldn't. You shouldn't look him in the eyes. No. Okay, well that's your advice. Yeah. So here's their advice. The emperor absolutely loves. He loves hearing about how great the provision supply is. <laughs> Who doesn't though? <laughs> We've got so much ham. <laughs> <laughs> we can barely move. <laughs> he wants to hear about how great the flow of sausages and so on is from Brno to the front. Andrew, tell me more about the quality of the sausages. Are you drinking well? <laughs> <laughs> he also, he loves um, giving audiences. He loves having people over okay. to his palace. He's a showman. But he does not like talking himself and can't do it, as you will see. Uh, excuse me? He can't talk? 
this is going to be fun. So that's the advice then. And um, then all the lads are like, au revoir, au revoir, see you later, see you later. Au revoir. Au revoir. As he's leaving, they're like, when you come back later, we'll all go on the lash. Basically, yeah. we'll go and get drunk. We'll get smashed when you get back and write some really good letters. They're all going to go on the lash. This is what Billabin says about it. Berno's attraction must be shown to him. You can undertake the theatre, I society, and you, Hippolyte. Of course, the women. He didn't mention how good the carriages were in Berno. I know that's very strange, but I mean, I guess they'll get to all those different places by carriage. So there'll, there'll be ample chance to really get to know the carriage situation let's hope so that's kind of it for the the mornings um the mornings activity just as he's leaving someone says we must let him see amelie she is exquisite oh you've got to see amelie on your way out let's go grab her yeah and well and do you remember this from earlier on in book one they say that about amelie and then someone kisses the tips of their fingers oh why do they do that <laughs> so <God>. gross <laughs> oh it's really bad if you learn anything from this podcast just never ever do that never say someone's name and then kiss your fingertips no i mean if you're a young impressionable (laughs) looking for dating advice just don't do that (laughs) don't do that oh never never all right, so that was breakfast. That was breakfast and brunch. Breakfast tick, brunch tick. And so it's slightly later that day now. Let's, let's say 11.30, 12, something like that. Sure, yeah. Andy's managed to make his way over to the Emperor's palace, his house. This is what's going on. The Emperor's standing in the middle of the room. He's staring fixedly into Andy's face and is just sort of nodding, nodding with his long head. That is in no way intimidating behaviour. Is he completely <laughs> naked, Steve? Not mentioned. It's <laughs> okay. not mentioned. It doesn't say anything about what he's wearing. So if you want to assume that this man is completely naked, no evidence to the contrary. Nodding like one of those nodding dogs in the, in the shops that you can buy. Something like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Andrew was struck by the fact that the emperor seemed confused and blushed as if not knowing what to say. Uh, guys, no one told me the emperor is completely insane. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, what am I supposed to do? Basically, he will. He's really bad at chatting. The Emperor spoke as if his sole aim were to put a given number of questions. The answers to these questions, as was only too evident, did not interest him. Okay, that's a very strange approach to having a conversation. What I took from that is that he's basically spotted that people in conversation ask questions. And so he's like... Just keep asking him. Don't wait for the response. (laughs) I'm going to ask 15 questions. Get them done. And then we'll just shut the conversation down. Successful interaction. Yeah, all good. Job done. What's your name? What's your favourite apple? What's your favourite colour? What's your favourite TV show? I'll see you later. (laughs) I'll see you later then. Andy's like all ready to tell this heroic tale. You know, remember he's here to tell about this victory that this one victory that they've managed to squeeze out. Oh, Andy, no one cares. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So he's all ready to tell this amazing tale. Yeah. But the Emperor's basically only interested in kind of like minor logistical information. What is the best piece of ham you've eaten recently, boy? This is a bit of their conversation. How many miles? From where to where, Your Majesty? From Durnstein to Kerms. <laughs> How many? How many? How many miles is that bit? <laughs> Tell me. Three and a half miles, Your Majesty. Is there sufficient forage in Krems? <laughs> is there? Forage has not been supplied to the extent. At what o'clock was General Schmidt killed? What time? Seven o'clock, I believe. Seven o'clock. It's very sad. Very sad. Did you get the pies? <laughs> Did you get the pies? Okay. Well, there were, what, were, there, were there ducks in the river? How many pies? <laughs> we're going back to the other question now. How many pies again, boy? What was the miles again? Goodbye. <laughs> Yes, and so that, that that's basically what happens. They have a little chat, and then he's like, okay, I've had enough of this. Thank you. That's not a chat, though, is it? That's a very stressful interaction. Then the emperor says, okay, thanks for that. You go over there for a bit. 
and suddenly loads of courtiers kind of huddle around the emperor and they start chatting you know like it's a bit like in a football match or something like that or is it it doesn't sound like that. i don't know i don't know <laughs> like a, some sort of sport game sure you know yeah. it's half time and everyone runs on the pitch and has a chat <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah yeah it's like that and they start eating segments of oranges and stuff like that yeah to keep their energy up oh yeah you got to do that so the emperor eventually sends a lackey out from amid the the throngs of the courtiers that are bubbling around him and the lackey comes over gives andy the news that actually the news about the battle that Andy brought, about winning the victory, actually it is great news. Oh, about bloody time. <laughs> Pandy must be over the moon. I think he's happy about it. There's going to be a Thanksgiving service. Lovely. Get a turkey out. and Get a big turkey out or something stuff. like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kutuzov is going to get the Grand Cross of Maria Theresa. Oh, that is such a good cross. It's so good. Everyone else in the army is going to get some awards as well. Oh, the, and the lads in the army are going to get little iPads. Yeah. Oh, it's, oh, it's lovely. Get free iPads. Everyone's going to get an iPad by the end of this war. <laughs> and Andy Pandy is going to spend the best part of the day going around to different Austrian dignitaries being congratulated. Oh, just this whole line of them. Do you want an Apple Watch? There you go, Andy. You, yeah. you earned it, mate. <laughs> I don't know why, but it's sponsored by various tech companies, <laughs> it, it seems, the Austrian court. It yeah. is, it is. Sure. I'm happy for Andy. He deserves it. He goes around. That takes him up to about 4pm now. <laughs> okay, good. You're, you're really good with the time in, in this <laughs> chapter. It's 4pm. It's about 4pm. He's heading home to Bilibin's house, but he, on the way he pops into a bookshop. Oh, what what does what he buy? <laughs> uh, it doesn't go into a lot of detail, but he buys some books about war. Harry Potter. <laughs> yeah. Harry Potter and the Prince of Russia. And the Prince of War and Russia peace book. <laughs> no, it's not Harry Potter, no. So by five, he's back at Bilibin's house. Sorry, just double check. So 4pm, goes to buy a book. Then he's back at Bilibin's at five, roughly. Around five, around <laughs> five. Yeah, he gets up late. Let's say he gets up about ten. He has a chat. He goes over to the emperor's house yep. for about half 11, 12. Okay, good. He's there all day talking to dignitaries. <laughs> yeah. By four, he's at the bookshop. Yep. Five, five, five p.m. Five is back. He's back. <laughs> he's, back at, he's back at Bilibin's. This is useful just in case either of us are interviewed by the police in the next week. All right. Five p.m. He gets to Bilibin's house. He's in a great mood, but, but there's something strange going on. There's a ghost. No, there's not a ghost. <laughs> All right. Too early in the day for ghosts. That's true. You wouldn't see him. I mean, you barely see him anyway, but yeah. So Franz, who is um, like Bilibin's servant, okay. something like that. Okay. Just as Andy arrives, Franz is dragging a massive suitcase out of the door. Sure. He's had enough. Has he been sacked? <laughs> no, it's not his suitcase. <laughs> okay. He hasn't got this much stuff. He's too poor. Sure, sure. This is Bilibin's suitcase. Bilibin's been kicked out of his own house. What do you think's happened, Will? Bilibin may have decided to take a short vacation. Okay, in a, in a way, that you're right. Oh, amazing. I'll have a point for that. You can have a point. It's more of a long vacation. Oh, your excellency, says Franz, with difficulty rolling the portmanteau into the vehicle. That, the portmanteau is the big, big bag. It's like a cupboard, basically. Yeah, it's like a massive wardrobe, but it's got two straps on it. <laughs> One thing I will say from the past is that baggage has improved a lot. We've got a lot to thank for that, because I wouldn't want to drag around everything I own. In a cupboard. Yeah. Anyway, I digress. You really do. Oh, your excellency, said Franz, with difficulty rolling the portmanteau into the vehicle. We are to move on still further. The scoundrel is again at our heels. Ah, oh, the bloody French. 
The bloody French. They just won't give it a rest, will they? The French are really focused in this war. It's as if they're at war and they care about winning. (laughs) Yeah, they care. They care and they're competent. And unlike the Russians or the Austrians, they're not constantly retreating, just having little parties. They want a bloody win. Right, well, I've got quite a ridiculous tale to tell you now about how this has come to be. Wonderful. I thought we were safe in Brun, Brno, modern-day Brno. How's this happened? So it turns out that some, and I'm going to be blunt here, idiot. Oh, wow. Called Prince Alzeberg. You should call him Prince Idiot. That's what I'm going to call him. Yeah, okay. Prince Alzeberg, a.k.a. Prince Idiot. He didn't blow up a bridge. Oh, he didn't for blow up God's sake. <laughs> Just blow them up when you're told. It's unbelievable. So he he didn't manage to blow up this bridge, Tabler Bridge. And so the French got across it. They're going to be in Brno in one or two days. Honest to God, this entire war is just them not blowing up bridges when asked. So far, yeah. So this is what Andy has to say about that. And I'm I'm with him. What? Here? But why did they not blow up the bridge if it was mined? (laughs) Why didn't they blow up the bridge? Exactly, mate. Exactly. How how could this have happened again, Will? Again. Last time they nearly didn't blow up the bridge because they forgot. What what do you think's happened this time? Maybe they just liked this bridge, or maybe they just don't honestly care. Okay, I mean, if you can guess, I'll give I will give you a thousand pounds because it's quite an unlikely tale. Well, we didn't blow up the bridge, Master, because when we got on the bridge, Prince Idiot saw a, a man walking a cow, a magical cow, and he had beans, <laughs> and he offered him the beans instead of blowing up the bridge. See, you're not far off. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so this is what happened, according to Bilibim. So apparently three French lads, three, okay? Mm-hmm. Three French lads rode up to the bridge waving hankies. Sure, okay. Saying that they were on their way to negotiate peace with Prince Alsberg. Prince Idiot. So the marshal who was in charge of guarding the bridge at the time was like, yeah, sounds absolutely great. Sounds 100% legit. Let him in. Let him in. Get yourself into the bridgehead. So they come in. He said, like, he's like, take a seat and relax while we go and get um, Alsberg. Please relax. No one guard them or anything. Just let them wander around. Yeah, yeah, absolutely fine. These gentlemen embrace the officers, crack jokes, sit on the cannon. And meanwhile, a French battalion gets to the bridge unobserved and flings the bags of incendiary material into the water. Unbelievable. Whilst the three French lads just doing rides of the cannon. (laughs) Riding the cannon, telling knock-knock jokes. It's incredible. (laughs) Oh, bonjour. This is a great cannon, this. Let's have another ham sandwich. (laughs) Ausberg von Maltern turns up, aka Prince Idiot. Yep. He is immediately hook, line and sinker bamboozled by these three fantastic French lads. He loves them. He loves them. He loves them. Why, why wouldn't he? Why wouldn't he just trust them and love them? They're a great laugh. Why wouldn't he? Yeah. One Austrian sergeant, he turns to his boss, Ausberg, and says, uh, you know you know what, mate? I don't think these French lads are, are, are actually our friends. I think they're tricking you. Yeah. Perhaps they might be tricking you. Obviously. Obviously that's what's happening. <laughs> of course. Yeah. So, so, Alsberg has him immediately arrested. Yeah, um, why not? For suggesting that. Yeah, Yeah, of course. How dare you insult my three French mates? Have this guy, have this guy arrested. (laughs) He's arrested. Yeah. And then shortly after that, the French battalion rushes to the bridgehead, spikes the guns and the bridge is taken. The bridge is taken. Absolutely unbelievable. Please tell me Prince Idiot is going to suffer some incredibly serious repercussions for this. I mean, surely yes, but I don't know what they are. (laughs) Okay, but. Fine. At the very minimum, I would assume he will be taken off the list. He's going to be off that list <laughs> so quick. I feel sorry for Pandy. He just wanted to hang out with Billabin and the gang, just talking about girls and drinking. 
Oh. Well, that's out the window, mate. Oh, what a shame. So as a result of all this, 15,000 Russian troops are sort of stuck somewhere. Oh, Jesus. And cut off. Yeah. And the French, as we know, are heading for Brno. So this is what Andy says to that. Sedu Mac, nous sommes Macé. Something about Mac. Mac was crap as well, wasn't he? It's Mac's fault. I hate Mac. It's a bit of a Mac. We are thoroughly Macked, he concluded. Oh, are they using Mac's name as like when you screw up now? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like that. Oh, we've been absolutely Macked. We are thoroughly Macked, he concluded, feeling that he had produced a good epigram, a fresh one that will be repeated. It's a fresh new cool <laughs> phrase, dude. <laughs> What a cool epigram. That's such a dope saying. It's fresh, my dude. I thought it was so diplomat, but actually we got macked. We got macked. That is the new catchphrase of season two. Don't get macked. His hitherto puckered brow became smooth as a sign of pleasure. And with a slight smile, he began to examine his nails. I've got a fresh new epigram, all right? And I'm going to sit here and enjoy it. As is as often with Andy with to do with war stuff, you know, this news grieved Andy, apparently. Mm. And yet he was pleased. He somehow always manages to experience both extremes of emotion simultaneously. He's an odd chap. Why is he pleased? As soon as he learned that the Russian army was in such a hopeless situation, it occurred to him that it was he who was destined to lead it out of this position. Okay. That here was the Toulon that would lift him from the ranks of obscure officers and offer him the first step to fame. Oh my God, he's such a narcissist, <laughs> this guy. He's like, this is brilliant. We're absolutely buggered. So who's going to save the day? Old Andy P Andy. to the rescue. This is exactly what I was hoping for. <laughs> yeah, this is brilliant. And look, when we win the war, everyone will call it doing an Andy. <laughs> yeah, unlike Mac, when we got Mac'd, we're going to get completely Andy-o'd. We're going to get fully Andy-pandied. <laughs> Yeah, you got pandied, my friend. <laughs> it's such a diplomat fresh saying. What a fresh epigram, Will. <laughs> and so with that thought, he immediately stands up and he's like, I'm off. Bilibin is a, is a coward diplomat, right? Yeah, so it's not sure. a surprise he says this. But he's like, stay, stay. Let the other people fight. Let's have a good time. Come with me to Olmutz and we'll travel comfortably in my kalesh. Oh, that sounds fun. I'd do that, to be honest. I would go. Probably would choose that. I'd go in a heartbeat, yeah. Bilibin asks, why are you going when you might remain here? And Andy says, because I'm off to do an Andy. <laughs> yeah, basically that. <laughs> here it is. This is the end of the chapter. I cannot argue about it, replied Prince Andrew coldly. But he thought, I am going to save the army. I'm going to save the world. <laughs> <laughs> he, he thinks that, but then Bilibin replies. So Bilibin's, you know, he is a diplomat. Mm. He can basically read people's minds because he says... My dear fellow, you are a hero. You are such an Andy. You're such a brave Andy boy. Before you leave, Pandy, that was such a fresh epigram. We make up a lot of epigrams in this group, but that's one of the freshest. Uh, it's so diplomat and just, you know, you're an actual hero. We love you. Thank you, Andy. My dear fellow, you are a hero. <laughs> you are <laughs> a hero. There we go. So what a day. What a big day for Andy. Big day for Andy. Uh, the emperor, I'll be honest, sounds a little bit off his head. He, he would be a brilliant middle to senior manager in um, some sort of logistics or delivery company. He would. Sausages. He'd be absolutely great. Emperor <laughs> Francis's next day delivery sausages. 100% guarantee. <laughs> Something like that. 100%. I guarantee they'll be there tomorrow. That's an Emperor Francis promise. But being like the leader of the army, the leader of the country... 
Uh, it's it's not so much his thing. I might be completely naked, but I can guarantee you one thing, and that's sausages. <laughs> and then, of course, there's Hippolyte, isn't there? You know, it's good to in- know. It's good to know old hippos there creeping on everyone. International man of creepery. <laughs> <laughs> it's the summary summary. So, will you ready to summarize all of that? No, no. Come on, not. you can we be ready. About- in- all right. You've got 10 seconds, starting in 3, 2, 1. We're totally macked. Bilbo's gang of absolute diplomats. Hippo is creeping on the continent. Emperor Francis only cares about sausages. And we did blow up another bloody bridge. The bridge are coming for that to save the day. Stop, stop, stop. Stop. I forgot to set a timer. I have to do it all in my head. Are you kidding me? You counted 10 seconds in your head. Great summary, mate. Really good stuff. What was it called? We're totally macked. Oh, We really are. Will Andy save the day? Possibly. I wanted to say, thinking back, that was a totally fresh epigram. Why say it, mate, when everyone's already thinking it? You guys hear that sweet, fresh epigram on Wapping 7? Yeah? Yeah. Oh, wow. It was (laughs) What? Yeah, kissing the tips of their fingers. (laughs) Lovely, lovely stuff. Yeah. God, those guys, they sure do drop some pretty fresh, fresh epigrams, eh? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll give the French this, you know, not only are they they're good at fighting, they're also crafty. They've got they've got brains and brawn. It's a scary combo. I bet one of those three lads was Crafty Smurf himself. <laughs> crafty Smurf up in there and Sneaky Smurf. And spy Smurf. And Funny Smurf. <laughs> <laughs> and Cannon Riding Smurf. Liar Smurf. Yeah, he'd be there. He'd have loved yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right then, well, see you next week. See ya. Thank you for listening to another episode of War and Peace in just seven years. You are an absolute legend. If you've got your own super fresh diplomat epigrams, (laughs) why not post them on our Instagram at Wappin7Podcast? We'd love to hear them. Exactly, Will. Don't mack up your whole life. Get on our Instagram and really, really make make it worthwhile. And you know what? Just for you, devoted, loyal listener, and I would, I'm going to say friend, here are the silly bits. Steve, have you ever been on the sprucepets.com? Sprucepets? Yeah. Dot com, you say? Yeah. <laughs> no, I haven't been on there, actually. <laughs> no. Problem is, when you wed yourself to 15 interesting facts, you've got to you've got to be sure they're all interesting. Honestly, mate, you could just skip ahead if you want. Don't feel like you have to do all 15. <laughs> some, of them, some of them aren't interesting is my problem. The American Quarter Horse is the world's most popular breed. Oh, this is a shame. They can't vomit either. I don't think we want to talk about that. I think a modern day war and peace probably would be a bit more like the Kardashians than anything else. Go on. No, well, I mean, it's just, a, I'm just, just speculating. Well, don't go on then. <laughs> okay, stop, stop there. 